Hey everyone, it's me. Welcome back to this week's episode of my Best Vintage Life podcast. My name is Bridget Morawski, and I am joined with my co-host Art Bazarkanian, live from Fresno, California. Well, not live, but we're here in smoky Fresno, California, using our new microphone stands, and uh, we're just going to jump right into it. We're drinking champagne, um, way too much champagne, on an empty stomach. Here we go. <laughs> There's never a reason not to celebrate a day. That's true. You wake up, you wake up, well, I hope and be I can, grateful you for it. might be driving me home. Sure. I'm calling Art Uber. Okay, here we go. Email. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns about the show, feel free to reach out to us via email. The email is admin, A-D-M-I-N, at mybestvintagelifepodcast.com. It's a great way to reach out with just about any question. Don't be shy. Social media. You can find us on Instagram, Pinterest, and oh, wow. Where are we now, Art? What? What social media platform are we on now? Tickety-tock. TikTok, yes. Okay, I have to, I won't lie. Like, I put up a big fight about not getting on TikTok, but I mean, I've been on less than a week and I just got a question about a wholesale order today. So, hey, friends, if you think you're too old for TikTok or whatever, get over it. Get on it. Pivot. You know what you need to do. Instagram is a little weird right now. So don't be afraid to get on TikTok. And you know what I love about TikTok? What's that? Well, first off, if you want to find us there, it's the same as everywhere else. It's at my best vintage life podcast. Um, But what I love about it is I don't feel like I need to look at the feed as much as I do on Instagram. Like it's, um, it's better. It's easier for me to get away from it, which is good for me. I do try to check out like people that we know what they're doing. Um, But I, I just don't feel like as addicted to it. And I don't see anything about politics or like you know, these social justice warrior people just going at it 24-7. Like, it's just a lot more uh, light, which is nice. So you can tell there's, like, well-intentioned people, and people have been very nice so far, but... How about creativity? Yeah, it seems like you creative. Could be, you could be a little more creative with it. Yeah, I like it better than um, Instagram Reels, which yeah. is was their response to TikTok, so... Yeah, we have a couple of people that, you know, come and visit... And do on their buying trips, they start making those TikTok things here. Yeah, we're going to start charging for that. No. <laughs> no, it's fun. Just do me a favor. If you do any kind of photography or video in the warehouse, um, you know, ask first. Give us some credit. You sound like my dad. Don't tag other people in it because that's happened. I saw someone use stuff. I think we've talked about this before yeah. for ads. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? That's like imagery of our building. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. Anyways, bop, bop, bop. Moving on. If you um, would like to support the podcast for free, you can rate or review the show. You can do so either on Apple Podcasts or on Podbean. And why should you do that? Well, it helps to grow our audience because just like on social media, there's a stupid algorithm that we are up against. And it allows us to help others. If our show has helped you, maybe there's someone out there who needs the help just as much as you do or will benefit it from it just as much as you have so it's a free way to support the podcast and it does not take a lot of time so ratings are super easy to do reviews just a little bit more work but both really make a difference so if you have very much appreciated thank you so much appreciated if you um, I'm, i'm working on our website right now so it's a little wonky but um you can sign up for our vintage for business newsletter that goes out once a month that will perpetually be free we'll never be charged for that so if you're a business owner it's a good thing for you to read 
Um, I am slowly but surely uploading um, online courses. I'm using what we had from the academy, uh, the defunct academy. Now I'm adding them onto Shopify, which I think actually might be better. Our retail math course is available there now and a few other courses as well, including one pest control class with moi. And the classes are either 7 or $17. A real steal, if you ask me. That's less than like dinner from Uber Eats. It's less than a t-shirt. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like I said, it's a work in progress, so don't judge. It will look better very soon. And uh, my obsession at the moment is just my end-of-summer salads that I've been making. They're bomb. And I'm quite lucky to be partaking in. Thank you for making double. Yes, this week we had arugula, goat cheese, prosciutto, paluats, honey roasted pistachios with just some balsamic vinegar, oil, and cracked black pepper. Yum. Yeah. Quite so delicious. Good. Do you have an obsession? No. These salads you've been coming up with. Yeah. I'm hooked. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. We're going to jump right in then. So I started a new notebook for the podcast notes this week. Finally used up my old one. It was quite large. This week we're talking about balancing your vintage assortment. Balancing it as a retailer or collector? This is a reseller-heavy episode. However, I did do a story on Instagram explaining how I think the reseller-heavy episodes do benefit enthusiasts because, and I'll list the reasons right now because not everyone that listens has Instagram and not everyone that has Instagram sees my shit anymore. So number one, it gets you in the head of your reseller. You know, you kind of see how their brain works and what they're thinking about. That's critical. Yeah. Yeah. Number two... Um, you're, you have more empathy for them, what they're going through, their tasks, their to-dos, their sourcing, their stress. And then number three, it just makes you appreciate the vintage you get all the more because you realize how scarce it is and, and you know, what a task it is to how it's becoming more and more difficult to source. So I think at the end of the day, even if you aren't a reseller and you're listening to this, you can get a lot out of it. And at the very least, maybe, I don't know, help out your local reseller just by being kinder and more thoughtful. I think you get a deeper appreciation what they have to go through and what they do to procure a, or curate an assortment for you. And then by you showing that empathy to them, guess what? You're most likely going to end up getting discounts. So it's like a win-win. Because I know when people are like, wow, man, that's a lot of work to do that. You know, when they come up to me at the Rolls Bar, I'll be like, okay, this person gets it. So let's uh, not give them the art tax. We'll give them the friends and family price. Can you tilt your mic up a little bit? Because you're down lower. Thank you. Yeah, this chair keeps sinking. Yeah, our uh, chairs are away at the upholstery guy. I haven't heard from him. Should be Friday. I don't know. I hope so. I'll post a picture online when we get them back. So, Plus, knowledge is power. Knowledge is power, yes. Yes, just because you don't own a vintage store now or you aren't a reseller doesn't mean you won't be one day. So, balancing your assortment. I have a little questionnaire. Seven points. And I'm going to stop halfway through and do our pod bean spiel. Number one, do my best sellers account for the largest percentage or percentages of my inventory? So new sellers are going to have to test this out over time. Okay. Everything's kind of going to be a little bit of a risk and a little bit of a gamble for you, but established people should come up with, um, you know, some sort of inventory tracking system. Okay. You have to have in your, within your business, you have to have a, what I call a pay the bills category. It doesn't mean you're hundred percent in love with it. It doesn't mean that's all you want to sell, but you have to have a bestseller. That's just 
a good cash flow for you and then figure out the rest as you go along. And like I said, with new people, you're not going to know right away, do your best sellers account for, you know, the largest percentage of your inventory. But if you've been at it for a long time, you should know that by now. And if you don't, take the step to make sure that that happens. How do they do that? How do they track it? You can do online tracking systems, um, or it could be something as simple as like, if you're not a computer person, you could get color coded tags, blue for denim, whatever, come up with a system. And then, you know, you could do like those double tags where you rip the bottom off, keep them this week we sold, bop, 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 bop. And you know, you can do the math from there. Yeah. The retail math class really, as I was doing these notes, I'm like, okay, I'm not trying to like sell it super hard, but like it would be a good thing for you to do as well if you haven't taken it um, because this does play into, um, you know, inventory dollars and weeks of supply um, in terms of your retail math. But uh, if you're not a computer person, there are ways to do it. It's just going to be a little bit more manual and a little less automatic. But we do have clients I know that track. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Via, via technology. And um, like, for example, fashion buying also comes into play here. When I was a buyer, and I mentioned this before, you know, we tracked attributes. So what type of customer it was, what the fit was, what the silhouette was, what the fabric content was. Um, I think we had like about 10 to 15 attributes we tracked, some more than others. Fabric was a big one. The type of customer we had was a big one, which won't be as it won't be as extensive for a smaller business. Um, but you know, there are attributes that people look at when they're selling. So it's going to vary person by person, but I think it's really important that if you have a best seller, that needs to be a large portion of your inventory. Do you agree? Oh, 100%. Um, uh, dollar wise and quantity wise, like that's something like with your staple should, you should basically never run out of your, big seller, you know, have back stock, whatever it is. Okay. Number two, do you survey? So this could be something as simple as an Instagram poll. You could use the poll sticker or the question sticker or as technical as creating an online survey. There's plenty of websites where you can do this and you can send it out to your customers or send a link to your Instagram followers, put a link in your Instagram bio. If you have an email list, you could send an email out. Data is priceless when it comes to understanding what people want and how to make things better. And these are just some examples that you can ask questions. You can ask gender. You can ask age. Um, If you want to be more sensitive about gender, just if you can set it up to be a blank box and let people answer on their own. Um, What is their max spend per item? What are they looking to spend? What's their must-have vintage item? What's an item that they've been looking for and can't find? What's their profession? You know, what what is their size? You don't have to go into super crazy detail, but maybe like a, a pant size or a dress size or, you know, I mean, I think those would probably be the, the two best ones. But, you know, do you survey your customers or do you just kind of look at people? Because I don't think just looking at people is enough. I think you need to get more info. What do you think about that? Uh, that's a tough one. Um, you know, I've, I don't agree with it actually. (laughs) You know, I think it's a bit intrusive. What I, I like some of the things you're asking them, ask them what they're looking for. The census isn't intrusive. (laughs) You don't, I I rip it up. Look at the data we use from the census. I don't, let's not get into the census. I don't fill it out. I know, I know a lot of people don't. Yeah, it's just, it's absurd. Um, anyway, I just think. 
to ask what they're looking for? Is there something that they came in for and they can't find? What else, What would they like to see more okay. of? All right, how about this? <coughs> we need to, I need to make a cough button for you. It's absurd. You cough so much. <laughs> if you are worried about being... <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> if you are worried about being intrusive, which... I get. <laughs> I do understand that. Not everybody is outgoing. I, I mean, I'm outgoing and I'm not asking, Shh. hey, hey, Willie, what size are you looking for? <laughs> you know, it's not happening. <laughs> okay. Then don't be afraid to ask questions at checkout if you have a physical store or don't be afraid to ask out, ask maybe like a less detailed questionnaire, you know, how about this? with your online customers. Not everyone has a brick and mortar. Okay. How about this? Okay. Yeah. Have yourself a little sheet that's next to the register on a clipboard, and you look at the person and you check the boxes off. No, I told you it's not. <laughs> I, why not? <laughs> See, it's the damn air conditioner. Oh, it's the air here. Okay, listen. How about you take what Art and I just said and you do whatever you want. <laughs> Yeah. It's a suggestion. Suggestion. This is going to be a you heavy episode. <laughs> <laughs> My apologies. I didn't know I'm supposed to agree with everything you, you say. You don't have to. All right. Well, that's what makes us so perfect. Uh, perfectly imperfect, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Are you trying to please everyone? No. No, let me. Oh, I didn't know. I thought it was a question. Are you trying to please everyone? It's okay if you cancel everything to make everyone happy. Now, before you add anything to your assortment, say, for example, someone comes in and they say, why don't you have kids stuff? Because this used to happen to me. Why don't you have men stuff? Okay, cool. But test. Don't go buy a crap ton of stuff. Test. No, I got a better one than that. No, 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 no. Get a deposit. No. Okay. If it's something you don't carry and somebody wants it, get a deposit. Okay, if they're looking for something very specific, I yeah. can see that. But okay. I'm just talking about random suggestions. So, for example, if it's... If Randy. Suggest... <laughs> what? Did you say Randy? No, I didn't say Randy. Oh. oh, my God. Okay. Say somebody suggests accessories or decor or something small. Then yeah. just test five pieces of it. Or... I had this great idea. If someone suggests a genre of clothing you don't have, have a little pop-up on the weekend. Say, hey, um, you suggested this. I'm giving it to you. Set up a rack outside or inside your store if you have the room and set up a rack of kid stuff, plus size stuff, men's stuff, whatever it may be, and see if anybody even touches it, you know? And then you, you get you That's get some feedback test. there. I like yeah. that, yeah. It's minimal. You know, filling up a rack won't cost you too, too much. And, you know, at the end of the day, filling up one rack or half of a rack or a small rack or even like a basket or a little table, whatever it may be, you know, you can learn a lot from that. And if it's, and if you learn that it's not working, hey, better to learn early than to just keep going with it, pretending like it's going to work one day. So I got a question it, on that. Oh, I just wanted to add one oh, more thing. Go ahead. If any of these don't work, but you still feel like, hey, maybe it would work at a later date, then reevaluate it later on. Do it a year later. Make Take notes. Okay, I tried this on X date and it didn't work. And, um, you know, if people come in, say it doesn't work for you. Say the kids' clothes don't work. And someone comes in and they say, well, why don't you have kids' stuff? Okay, find, see if there's a local business or an online business that you 
want to support or want to give support to and say, I'm sorry, I don't have that, but here's information for someone who does, and I recommend that you support them. It's a small business, blah, blah, blah. That's a great idea. That's how to work with your other business community too. My question is, how many people need to ask you? How many? <laughs> no, no. How many people need to ask you? <laughs> what? How many people need to ask you before you make the move? Yeah. I mean, you're not going to go and get kids clothes because some one lady asks, how come you don't have kids clothes? How many people does it take for you to trigger that by? It's different for everybody, I think. Um, For me, for me, um, the first one ever that really was persistent was men's. And of the three, I did start, actually, so the four that I got asked about was kids, men's, plus size, and home decor. Of those four that I got asked about persistently, um, the one that did the best for me was men's. Okay. Um, Makes sense. Kids was probably the next, then home decor, and then plus size. I didn't really have many people buying plus size. Um, so, I I mean, I don't remember exactly how many times people asked me, but it was enough that I thought, hey, maybe there's an opportunity here for profit. Yeah. I would not do it just one time. Gotcha. Or like I said, you, this is where surveying would be also good. Like on Instagram, if you have an Instagram, hey guys, someone asked me if I carry kids clothes, would you be interested in that? And set a little pull up. Oh, that's a or great idea. Or you could do the question block. What do you wish I carried that I don't? And see if people say something and see and, and collect that data. That's why surveying is good. And from what I remember, if you use the poll and the question sticker and stuff like that on Instagram that does um, help toward the algorithm. So just something else to think about. Yeah. I also would give weight to your, one of your repeat customers. Correct. Yes. As opposed to a random person who showed up. Yeah. 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 If you do have repeat customers, new people might not necessarily have that at first. Um, But if you have repeat customers and they're really looking for something, you know, over and over and over again, then yeah, it might be worth it. There are a lot of ways to do this without it being a high risk activity. True. Okay. You cover that really well. Well, thank you. Well, guys, it's that time. If you would like to support the podcast, you can do so through our podcast podcast host Podbean. <laughs> this is what happens when you give me champagne. Um, Podbean. Reasons why you should support the podcast. Well. Being a podcast host, having a website, having an email, um, updating your website, there's there's a lot of fees that come into it, and also supporting the podcast for, I think I did it for almost two and a half years alone, um, I incurred a lot of expenses, so both current and past expenses, and also our time and endless knowledge, those are amazing reasons why you should support our podcast, because... And get a laugh. Yeah, and you get a laugh. Um, You know, Art's a busy guy, and he's amazing and takes time to do this with me. Even if it's at the end of the day, I know there's something else he could be doing right now. But he wants to help you just as much as I do. So we really appreciate your support. Um, What are you getting out of your support? Well, it depends. So, like, right now I set up something new. I know a lot of people don't like a reoccurring fee. So if you are on Instagram, if you click my link tree in my bio, you can actually now do a one-time donation. And there's different tiers set up. And you can also do a custom one. And if you do that, I'll give you a podcast shout out. That's my promise to you if you do a one-time donation. I know the reoccurring one can be scary for some people. So 
Um, you can also see that on our TikTok, on Instagram, or if you look in the show notes, I'm going to be adding it there, the link to the link tree to do the one-time donation. Now, if you want a little bit more bang for your buck, you can do the reoccurring donation. There's the $5 tier, which is a shout out, whether it's business or personal, a burning question for art, and two bonus episodes a month. There's the $50 level. You get all those bells and whistles of the five, and then you get a one-hour call with me once a month to talk about your vintage business. This is amazing for vintage business owners. And now there is the big VIP level, the $100 level. You get all the bells and whistles of the five and of the 50. You get all those, the little guys, the call, and then you get a monthly audit of your website or selling platform, and you also get our retail math class for free. And if you, by chance, already purchased it, I'll give you a refund. I have great news. One of our uh, patrons actually just upgraded to the $100 level. Let's give a shout out to Miss Chantel. Thank you, Chantel. Yes, thank you, Chantel. So that means I have four out of five spots left at the $50 level, four out of five spots left at the $100 level. And because she upgraded, I do have a spot left at the $20 level. However, it's important to note that will no longer exist come November. So if you want to get September and October in for a mentor program, it's better than nothing. So it's up to you. If you want to join in on that level, there is one spot available. I'm just not going to be mentioning it anymore in my spiel. So... Whether you want to support the podcast via a free method or a paid method, we appreciate it no matter what, and we thank you for your support. Right, Art? Absolutely. On with the show. Does your assortment make sense? Hmm. So if I had no idea who you are and what you sell in terms of vintage, would I get a vibe from you? Would I I be confused? It's another great place to survey. Yeah. Think about it. Say you walk into a vintage store and you all do this. You should be doing this if you are able to, physically able to right now, because it's good to see what your competition is doing and learn from them. When you walk into a vintage store and it's just a hot mess shit show, what I mean, that doesn't do a lot for me. But when you walk into a store and you're like, oh, okay, I get it. This is where that is. This is where that is. Ah, I see what they're doing. They're blending that in there. That to me is a really welcoming scene for a customer because a customer needs to feel comfortable to make a purchase. What do you think, Art? I agree 100%. It's thoughtful, the thought that went into them curating it for you, you know? And it's so much easier to direct somebody when you're organized. I don't, my biggest pet peeve at thrift stores or any store is when the racks are cluttered. Mm -hmm. I like to have at least a good eight to 12 inches of rack space. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, you know when you're moving hangers? <laughs> you're killing me, lady. I am the majority of like a 10-year-old child. 15? I don't know. Okay. You like to have... you. Rack no, you space. say this here. Yeah, you want to be able to shop. Yeah, I like to be able to push clothes along. But that's 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 spatial. I'm talking spatial. about visual. visual. Well, girls are visual, boys are spatial. Okay, no, we're not doing that. But <sighs> okay, let's. Uh, different people can be visual. Different people can be spatial. Just because someone's a gender doesn't mean they're one thing or the other. Okay, I am very visual, but I do also appreciate. Are you the girl? spatial. I am. Yes. Okay, I'm a boy. 
I spatial. I'm talking about me and you. You spa okay, me and you. Yes. yes. Yeah, you're more spatial, I'm more visual. Yes. Yes, that is correct. Yeah. Okay, so I don't know. I mean, like when I walk in, I like to see a story and I, we've talked about, I talked about this on the bonus episodes with like your pop-up setups at fleas or whatever. I want to see a story. I want to see some sort of like cohesion. I don't want to see a shit show. I mean, like, is it a theme or is it a color palette? It doesn't have to be a theme. It could be a color palette. It could be by silhouette. It could be, you know, little vignettes that tell a story on eras. Look, I mean, look at big box retailers. That's that's how they, you know, when it comes to like planograms and schematics, that's how people that's how people have been doing things for a long time. You know, they okay, I'm gonna send out the because my dad used to do it because my dad's worked in retail forever. You know, like oh, he would get his Valentine's Day planogram where like he could tweak it if he wanted to, but this is what he had to have set up. You know what I mean? So I don't know. I think it, it's really going to be different for everyone and how much effort they want to put into it and some people don't care if their stores a shit show i'm just saying does your assortment really make sense does it have is there a statement i am blank and i sell blank or if i can walk in can i make a statement you know this is Susie, and she sells 60s and 70s dresses with some accessories cool yeah i like that you should be able to walk into store and within 15 minutes, 10 to 15 minutes, be able to write two sentences about it to describe it. Yeah, exactly. That's a good way of doing it. If you can't do that for yourself or your own store, then maybe it's time to... Rethink yeah, things. Yeah, rethink, reevaluate. Yeah. Figure it out. Give yourself a theme. <clears throat> okay, next question. Are your pieces standalone or are they outfit builders? Now, there's no wrong answer here, um, but you have to keep in mind how this could affect your profit. So... Me, Bridget, am I coming to your store maybe every so many months for a dress, for an event, for a party, for my birthday? Or am I coming bi-weekly to buy staples? Ooh, let's see what new t-shirts they have. Ooh, maybe there's a pair of denim that I'll fit into. There's no right or wrong answer because not everyone can sell vintage staples. You know, we want people to have niche markets because if everybody wants to sell the same shit, which is happening, it's just like cannibalization. So... But that's just something to think about. And if you are like um, a standalone person, what can you add in to build a little bit more profit to your sales? So if you are the dress girl that I'm coming to every so many months, hey, maybe you want to sell some bags or some shoes or some jewelry. Make it, you know, try to build it so that people are building outfits because the more pieces people buy from you, the more profitable it is for, for you in the end. Oh, I agree. Lip balm. Lip balm. At the front counter. <laughs> David David Rose. Yeah. <laughs> this is not okay. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else you wanted to add to that? No, you're on it. No. Oh, I have to take my glasses off. They hurt. Ow. Bye-bye, Sydney. <laughs> Goodbye, Sydney. My, my persona. My other persona. Okay. This is one more for online sellers or people that don't have a brick and mortar, but it's something that I'm seeing a lot that I do have something to say about. Are you fully dependent on Instagram drops or whatever social media you use drops? So drops are great and they're a fun way to lump similar items together, but what's keeping you afloat in between the drops? Okay, your customers need to be equally as excited for your everyday items as they are for your drops. How are you keeping in touch with them? This is okay. 
preaching again because I keep saying this, but build your email list. You don't own your social media followers. They could be gone in the blink of an eye. So you have to figure out a way to get them excited about your other product that isn't just a drop. You need to keep them excited about things you have on your website every damn day. It can't be feast or famine for you. You need to have a steady profit. Stability. Yeah. Long-term goals. Yeah. What do you think about that? Oh, couldn't agree more. I've been trying to preach that to the twins. Don't call them out. I'm sorry, girls. But they should. Yeah. Girls, I'm telling you right now, we're not saying your name. So, but if you're listening to this, you it's can't, time. you can't just sell on Instagram. You have to find another way to sell. Okay. And if anybody else out there is just selling on Instagram, I want you to know, cause I care. Your platform could be gone tomorrow. Okay, we saw it with my friend Melena. Yes, she did get it back. Does that mean it'll, you'll get yours back? We don't know. Instagram's awful. So find another way to sell your shit, okay? Because we care. <laughs> we care. All right, moving on to my last point, and then we're going to do just a little addendum. Um this is a question I did a little post. I didn't get, I think it's just because Instagram's weird. I didn't get a ton of reaction on this one, but the next thing I talk about, I got a ton of reaction on. So I had asked, you know, if anybody had any questions for this episode and one of our listeners, she's, um, she said she sells, I kind of condensed her question, but she sells what she likes. She more or less asked like, can I just sell what I like or should I narrow it down? And my answer is yes and no. Okay, you want to start with what you like and then figure out, you know, when it's time to pivot. Do I need to move on to something else? You need to be okay with accepting that that not everyone loves what you love. Okay, your people equals your profit. So you have to do what they like as well. That doesn't mean you can't ever do things that you like. And I used to say this to people I worked with at my old job, you know, yeah, there were plenty of things we developed and did that I didn't love, but they sold really well. Sometimes it, it can't just be about you. There can be a reflection of you there, but it can't be 100% you. 100%. I agree. It has to be a balance of what's profitable and what, I mean, not everybody's a clone, you know? Just because you like something doesn't mean someone else is going to like it. So carry other things that people like. Yeah. It's more important to move product and, and it's good to be knowledgeable regardless. Okay. So yesterday I did kind of a fun thing on Instagram. I did a fill in the blank, which I've been enjoying. And I think you guys have as well. And, and I said, I have been having trouble sourcing and or finding depending on whether you're, you know, a reseller or an enthusiast. Um, and then blank, and you guys filled things in. Now, for those of you who I knew where you're located, I'm going to note that. If I couldn't figure it out, I just said, fuck it. Um, but I'm just going to read out, because I didn't share these with Art yet. So just kind of, you know, interesting to hear. And I think maybe it'll bring a sense of community about, and you guys can maybe, you know, share in your woes together. Um, so the first one was just teas in general, good vintage teas, and that person is located in Washington State in the United States. Um, plus size pre-80s, they are in Vancouver. You know, I did note to them, like, listen, people's bodies have changed. Um, it's just, you know, we as Americans have just gotten bigger over time. There's no nice way to say it, so don't beat yourself up about finding something that didn't really exist right like there's no nice way to say it no even the military from the 40s and 50s yeah. and 60s it's hard to find big size stuff 
Yeah, I mean, when you see what your size was equivalent to, you know, back then, it's just, you know, as the number gets bigger, you just won't find it. So, um, 50s and 60s dresses, I could not figure out where that person was. Um, 60s slim cut size 29 waist. I said, well, that's very specific. <laughs> um, buyers. So that person is actually the same person who asked me about, like, can they sell what they just sell what they like? Um, she's in the Dakotas. I thought she was in the Carolinas. I said, well, I knew it was north and south something. But, you know, I did. I do have empathy for her because I previously lived in areas where vintage wasn't really a thing. You know, like people weren't that into it. But I did tell her, like, then that's when you kind of have to say, all right, that I need to capitalize on my online presence because I can't help that there aren't people like I can't force people here to like vintage and they may never like vintage. And you have to accept that and figure out, okay, if if you really want to do this and you really want to have that business, then let's build an online, you know, an online store. Yeah. And then she's in such an incredible opportunity because if no one's into it, she can collect it all. Yeah. Well, I she mean, doesn't have any sourcing issues. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, like, that's why you saw my eyes twinkling. It's, that's why I wanted to do, that's why I want to do these, you know, these conversations are good. Cause you see both sides of the coin. Yep. Um, this person is from Iowa. She's having trouble finding vintage denim and grandpa shirts. And I did just, um, clarify with her that grandpa shirts, she just meant like cotton plaid button downs. Uh, she says she's seeing a lot of European makers, but less made in the USA. I found that interesting, especially in Iowa. God, if you're not finding plaid and denim in the Midwest, that's kind of scary to me. Well, it's been picked pretty well, pretty mm. hard. Mm-hmm. Um, fabric person and and no, I wrote no Cal. They're in Northern California. I don't know where. There's a really great place in LA for like small batch fabrics. It's called Rag Finders. I used to um, source from them you know, when I was at Urban, but it's like kitschy prints. It's not like you're going to find super basic prints there or super basic fabrics. Have you ever heard of them? No. I mean, I think I bought like 50 yards from them. I think they have a minimum of like 20 yards. It's a lot of small batch stuff, but if you're looking for small batch, it's, it's a good resource. I have never been there in person. Um, but otherwise fabrics, you can find them at thrift stores sometimes, but if she's saying she can't find them, that probably means she's not finding them at thrift stores. Do you have any uh, suggestions for finding fabric? No. I mean, we sell fabric, but we have a pretty high minimum. Yeah. Yeah. Just Uh, depends on the type of fabric, I guess. This one was shocking to me was, um, lack of menswear in Virginia. So I told her to head on north to the Mason-Dixon line in Pennsylvania. And someone in Pennsylvania said, what, Pennsylvania? There's nothing to see here. <laughs> I said, hey, now it's a big state. Um, that was just shocking to me. But, well, you know, that's, Megan, that's so broad, had, Megan, Megan had a good point. You know, a lot of men hold on to their stuff for a long time. And they're not burning through it as quickly as women, I don't think. Or they're, you know, holding on to their workwear and stuff like that. So I just... It was shocking to me. Interesting call out from Virginia. Yeah. Um, and someone asked if we had overalls at our warehouse. I said, listen, this is how we handle overalls. It depends on the, uh, we, tr- we typically, the overalls we carry are the ones we know we can um, get the most gross out of because a lot of times, first off, laundering overalls are a pain in the ass. Second off, we usually have to do some sort of physical repair to them. So it really depends. Like, can we make a big margin there off of selling them? Like, otherwise, it's not really worth it. So I'd say, like, 
for us, we have probably the most workwear overalls. I probably have about, I don't know, six, 7,000 overalls. But there's a lot of times we sell the overalls as fabric because it's distressed. Right. It's got beautiful right. patchwork and fading. So that's why we just I, don't I don't have a lot on like our racks as like no they, they fall pieces. off. Yeah, yeah they, that's why it's those, also a pain in the ass to display. Yeah, when uh, a lot of our orders that come through online to Australia to Canada and then locally, everyone has overalls, whether they're cream, hickory, denim, corduroy. I'm always sending at least well, five the, to twenty. A lot of those people are looking for fashion overalls, you know, and there's not as big of a margin there for us. So yeah. there's a bigger margin with the workwear overalls. Just answering that person's question. Yeah. Um, but that's not something I ever really saw much at thrift stores. Overalls, no. No. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Um, belts, you and I discussed this this morning, but this person is in Arizona saying they're having a hard time sourcing belts and um, small goods, accessories. I don't know if they said small leather goods, just small accessories in general. And I did have another person, Just I'm just chiming in with this, just another Arizona person saying it's hard to find anything there right now. So I did say to her, you know, are you going out of your town? Are you going to more rural areas? And she said that her mom had just done a trip and had a lot of luck in like a certain, I won't say where, but a certain area. So, you know, and I'm going to talk about one more person and then I'll just kind of say my summary for this. Um, and then this other person is in New Brunswick. Um, and she said travel's tough right now. Like, we can't even go to different cities within the province, which I had no idea. Because she was talking about outside of the province. I said, well, I mean, can you go, like, you know, I just look at it as a province as, like, a bigger state, you know. Like, can you go within your province? And she said, no. Like, at times they couldn't. You couldn't even leave your city. So, um, I, you know, it's – everybody's facing different things right now, but – if you are able to travel and do so safely and conscientiously, um, get out of your city, get out of your town and, and go somewhere where you, even if you have an inkling like, hey, it's probably not as picked over there, why not give it a shot? At the very least, you got out, you got out of your house. It's a change of scenery. Maybe go out to dinner, get some takeout, get a hotel room. I don't know find other things to do in the area and do some exploration and somebody commented on that post saying that you know thrift stores are the problem and I really quick shot that down because I don't agree with that I mean we're in California and you go to thrift stores all the time but I said I think it's the big box thrift that's the issue it's the small charity shops you're still finding a lot of stuff there yeah. you know I mean it just depends on if your area has smaller charity shops, if you're in an area where it's just a Goodwill, Sal Salvation Army, Sal um, Sally's, uh, Savers. Savers is the best. I, still. Know, I love Savers. They oh don't. Oh my God, they're so good. They don't pull anything in the back. So, so good. And they don't allow like. I used to drive, guys. This, I'm going to talk about what I used to do. I used to drive from where I lived on the border, basically Delaware and Maryland in Pennsylvania. I would drive almost down to Baltimore just to go to a, a Savers. Because we didn't have them in Pennsylvania. And then um, there was one in Connecticut when I would go to visit my aunt who lived in Westchester County, New York. I would go with her. I would say, like, let's go to Savers. And we would go up to Connecticut. So I would cross state borders just to get to a good thrift store. And I do think that they're really amazing. Um, and if you're in the Maryland area and you want to know what one I want to, feel free to reach out to me. I'll give you that information. Um, Jersey's got some great thrift stores. Yeah, New Jersey, yes. Yeah, well, uh, I had a bad experience once. I think the day I picked was just not great. 
Um, but you know, it don't, I, I just, I don't like that defeatist attitude. Like it's thrift stores, period. It's like, no, let's explore a little bit. Let's put the effort in. And if you're not willing to explore, then you're self-limiting, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Do you have anything you want to add? No. You covered it well. Okay. Well, I just thought that the, that that as data, that is data that I collected, you would um, enjoy it, especially if you're not on Instagram. And um, I hope you enjoyed what we talked about today. Um, you know, hopefully it'll help you round out your assortment. And if you're an enthusiast, hopefully it'll give you some perspective the next time you go into your favorite vintage store or shop your favorite vintage store online. You know, you see what people like Art and I who have a lot of business and industry experience, what, what we're looking for and what we think people should be doing. Um, I think it'll just be interesting. You'll probably have some self feedback, um, or maybe feedback to share with family and friends. So at the end of the day, I feel like, I feel like this was a pretty educational episode. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So, um, nothing to add? No. No. Okay. In the meantime, stay safe, stay sane, stay healthy, be kind and don't be basic. Don't be basic. Bye.